Welcome to the Rancho Cordova podcast, brought to you by the California Capitol Film Office. My name is Charles Lego, and I'm your host. As a small business owner, you're always looking for new ways to market and grow your business. And joining your local chamber of commerce can help you do exactly that. A local chamber of commerce is an important part of a city. And here in Rancho Cordova, we're lucky to have one of the best in the Sacramento region. On today's show, I speak with Rancho Cordova Chamber of Commerce President and CEO, Diane Rogers. But you're sitting at home one day having a cup of coffee <laughs> and Ken Cooley calls you and says, congratulations, you're the woman of the year 2022. But that's not too far yeah. from the way it really does happen. I mean, I've been aware of that. I, right. I worked in the legislature and, and I know some friends, you know, Shelley with the community council and others have been the recipients of the same honor. So it's very um, humbling it's very to be grand. a woman of the uh, year 2022. I mean, well, it's, it's very humbling yeah. and um, it's not something you do on your own. Diane has built one of the best and most dynamic chambers in our region. Under her leadership, the Rancho Cordova Chamber is a vibrant, informative, fun, and most importantly, helpful organization for any company, big or small, doing business in our city. During our conversation, we discussed what a Chamber of Commerce is, how it's formed, what it does, and in particular, how under Diane's leadership, the Rancho Chamber has thrived and grown to employ a staff of six with a budget of over a million dollars. I really enjoyed this conversation with my friend Diane, and I think you will too. So why don't we begin with you describing to our listeners what is the Rancho Cordoba Chamber of Commerce and what is its mission? Well, thanks for asking that. Um, the chamber itself started in 1963, so next mm -hmm. year we are celebrating our 60th anniversary. You mean the Rancho Cordova? The chamber, wow. yeah, the Rancho okay. Cordova Area Chamber of Commerce, yeah. And um, its mission is to support the prosperity of our business community. And there's a lot more involved in that, but that's the simplest way of saying it. So with that, what does the Chamber of Commerce do? Like, what is the day-to-day -day operations of the Chamber of Commerce? Well, it's a member organization, so people, you know, pay dues to join and be a part of it. However, we are really proud of the fact that we represent the entire business community. We like to think of ourselves as the voice for and about the business community. But day-to-day, -day, um, it could be – we have three primary tenets. We could be putting on a networking an event, such as a breakfast or a luncheon or something like that. We could be um, attending a city council meeting or board of supervisors to make sure that the voice of business is heard at the elected level. Um, or we could be hosting a webinar on how to use social media or how to get capital for your business. Okay. It could be any one of those. And how many members do you have? I, it fluctuates day to day, but right now we're right around 425. 400? Well, mm -hmm. That's a lot for Rancho. Yeah. Well, and we serve a larger, little bit larger area than just the city. We also serve Gold River, Mather, Rosemont, and Rancho Murrieta. Okay. Mm -hmm. And what are some of the membership perks of joining the Chamber of Commerce? Well, first, you're a part of a community. And there's an awful lot of people who join chambers just for the, the uh, opportunity to be a part of that community and be able to get some contacts, references, referrals. One of the biggest benefits um, we like to share is that we're in contact with all different kinds of other businesses, government entities, and they come to us all the time for referrals for businesses to, to bid on contracts and, and uh, serve as a reference to you know, taking the opportunity to get those different kinds of contracts with the city or county or SMUD or anything like that. 
And are most members solo entrepreneur type businesses or do you have larger corporations as members? Oh, it runs the gamut. I'd say about 60% of our, we would call them small businesses, probably less than 10 employees. And then we run all the way up to, um, you know, um, VSP is a member, um, Easton Development Company is a member, um, all those different folks. But they all join and participate for different reasons. Right. So you do have the bigger the mm-hmm. corporations in Rancho? Yes. Okay. Yes. And you've headed the Rancho Chamber of Commerce, I believe, for 10 years? Yes, just, yeah. just started my 11th, yeah. And how have you seen the chamber change and grow over those years? Oh, it's been tremendous. Um, when I first started that the chamber, we, we were going through a lot of growing pains. It was one and a half employees. We literally put a cup out for coffee. If you wanted a cup of coffee, could you please throw a quarter in? Right. And now we um, have six employees, and we have just gone over our million-dollar budget. You have six employees? Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, where are I? I've never yeah. seen them. Oh. <laughs> where do well, you hide them? Uh, well, a lot of some work off-site at home. We okay. have one project called Explore Rancho Cordova, where um, B. Lopez has managed that for seven years, and she works out of her home. Okay. And she welcomes um, new residents and new businesses and things through sort of like a welcome wagon on steroids. So the welcome bags that they give out to mm-hmm. you, that's you? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, For whatever reason, I always thought that was community council. No. No, that's you? Yep. Okay. And we've been doing it for seven years, and it's it's grown and more. We just did a um, coloring book that we realized that we didn't have something for kids. So we produced a coloring book about getting to know your community. And then we just translated it into Ukrainian and Spanish so we can make sure we reach those kids. Wow, very nice. I did not know that. Well, I certainly didn't know you had six people working (laughs) with you. So before we get to know more about the Rancho Cordova Chamber and all the attributes the organization brings, let's get to know Diane Rogers (laughs) a little bit first. So tell us, where were you born? And tell us a little bit about your early life. I was literally born on the uh, campus of Stanford University. My father was at school, and they were at family married student housing. So my literal birthplace is Stanford wow, University. Very nice. Yeah. Um, then grew up um, mostly in the town of Livermore, which is not very far yeah. from here. And that was a very rural community of 17,000 back when I grew up. And now it pushes 100,000, and it's called a wine region, which is, I mean, I went to high school with the Concannons and Wenties, and now it's... You know, people go to it because it's a wine region. Yeah, I'm very familiar with Livermore. Yeah. yeah. So what about your parents? Who were they? What did they do? Uh, my father's still living. He's 90, and he was an associate director out at the Lawrence Livermore Laboratory. Don't know a lot about what he did because it was pretty secret. He, you know, we would we were able to go visit the lab once every two years. They had family day. So what, what lab was this? Lawrence Livermore Laboratory. It's um, a national laboratory. Um, it's done all kinds of things, but it's... Uh, Early on, it was uh, very involved in, in nuclear explosives. And so nuclear it's a power. government entity? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Managed by the University of California at that point, but worked with the Department of Energy, Department of Defense, things like that. Okay. So, so he was a secret scientist. He was a secret scientist. Yeah, he, he went to Stanford. His background was in petroleum engineering, but um, he got very involved. And he's always liked things that blow up, so um, and your in mom? a good way. Um, my mom uh, was... Uh, uh, homemaker, House, homemaker. With yeah. her, I have a brother and a sister, but she went back to school. I was really proud of her. She went back to school when we were in high school and got her master's in family and marriage counseling, and so that was pretty cool. And she became a marriage counselor. Uh, sort of. She, yeah. she used it in a lot of other different ways, um, but she was going back to school. I think was a mission for her, and she accomplished that. And that was wonderful. Wow. She was so, also a harpist. 
She was what? A harpist. Oh, she was? Yeah, music was really big in our harp. family. Yep, played the So you harp. had a harp at home? Oh, absolutely. We had two of them at different points. Can you play? No. No. I can sing and I can play the viola, but not the harp. Yeah. So So you, you were born in Livermore. Where did you grow up and go to school? In Livermore? In Livermore. Yeah. Um, elementary, middle, and high school, Livermore High. Go Cowboys. And how was school? Were you a good student? I like to think so. Yeah. I'm, I was not valedictorian, but all my friends did really well. So but I you like school? I like school very yeah. much. Yeah. Um, did a lot of music and, uh, well, a lot of music in school. That was really important to me at the time. And did you go to college? I did. I went to University of California at Santa Barbara. Oh. Um, got a degree in um, uh, political science and a minor in economics. Okay. So political science, why did, were you in, into the whole politics at that time? Not at that time. No. Um, I actually went to school with the idea of being an international attorney. I wanted to go to law school. Okay. And um, hopefully your listeners will know who some of these folks are. But I went to a rally that Tom Hayden and Jane Fonda spoke at. Okay. Well, I know and, Jane Fonda. Yeah. Tom Hayden, I'm not sure I do. Uh, well, they were married at one point. Oh, okay. <laughs> and they were trying to get people to vote in a water board election. And I went to that going, who cares about a water board election? Why Why would the caliber of a, an actress like Jane Fonda get involved with a water board election? And it took me a little while, but I basically realized or, or learned that Santa Barbara water controls everything. And so the water board has a huge influence on the growth and development of Santa Barbara County. So it um, has... It, made a difference who sat on the water board. So I went looking for an alternative to that because at the time my politics didn't necessarily agree with Jane Fonda's. Um, and there hadn't been uh, the equivalent of a, it was called Republicans is what it was called, since the um, 60s. And Santa Barbara was famous for having blown up a uh, Bank of America. Um, there was there was as many um, protests and things there were at Cal Berkeley, but it's, it was never on the radar as much as Cal Berkeley, but there were a lot of protests in the 60s. And someone blew Barbara. up a bank? Yep. They did? Yes. Then it became a big brick building and nobody could... Wow. <laughs> so, okay. Yeah. So So um, after college, you wanted to be an attorney, a lawyer, mm -hmm. and that didn't pan out, or it did, or you changed your mind? I changed my mind. Um, yeah. Basically, having gotten really involved in college Republicans um, at school... I then became an intern um, and got involved with the Republican Party of Santa Barbara County. And then when I graduated, I was uh, hired by the Reagan re-election campaign in 1984. Oh. And had a, that was amazing. Yeah. That was absolutely amazing. Did you meet amazing. him? Yes. Yeah. I have some pictures with him. Yeah. yeah. I did meet him a number of times. Um, so this is he was governor? Um, well, he was running for his second term as president. Okay. So, oh, okay. Yeah. So he'd already been president. Yeah, he he'd already been president. He was elected in eighty. Right. And I graduated college in eighty three. Okay. So it was. A, so a you met him when he was president. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Very nice. It was okay. nice. Was he nice? Yeah. Very nice. Yeah. Very personable. I mean, what you see is what you get. I mean, he's very personable. Very you know warm and friendly. Um, I've, I have some fun stories about that. I didn't realize I lived in when I first moved here. I lived in East Sacramento. Uh huh. And a friend came to visit me, a couple of friends, and we were driving. And he told me, after a year of living here, that Reagan lived on 45th Street. Yes. In the Fab 40s. Fatty Fab 40s, right. And he didn't live in the mansion. Mm -mm. And that's where he lived when he was governor. He did. That's yeah. absolutely correct. Yeah, that was a fact I didn't know. Yeah. So what were some of your early jobs then? Um, once you, you got involved with the Republican Party. Mm-hmm. 
What did you do? What、uh, were your early I, jobs? I was a field rep, with a field representative, and I had 26 Northern California counties that I was responsible for, making sure that they had the tools and resources, everything to、um, support the party in those in those areas. And I drove around in my little Mazda GLC with signs and banners. So and a field、like、rep、that. for the Republican Party. Yes. Okay,、yeah. so who were you repping? Other like Republican offices, right? It's the party itself is an entity. Just I mean, every all the, whether it's Democrats or Republicans, they do have the California State, you know, Republican Party, State Democrat Party. They have a structure. They have leadership. They have、um, officers. They have staff. Chief of Staff,、uh, Executive Director, and then we, the, they hired young people to be their field staff, going out in different parts of California.、Um, we would go to county fairs and try to register、um, folks.、Uh, you know, as Republicans, we would go to、um, lots of lunches and dinners and things and speak on behalf of the party, say, you know, what's happening, what's going on, what are the issues of the day, and then also doing what we could to support Republican candidates. Okay.、Mm-hmm. So you've been involved in that world for a while. I was yes. Yeah, and when did you move to Rancho Cordova?、Um, well, my husband、um, went to work for.、Uh, well, he was also involved in politics. In fact, we met on the Reagan re-election campaign. So you were living in further north. No, actually, I was living in Southern California.、Um, and so when I left college, I、um, went to Southern California and then up to Northern California. Okay, and then.、Um, When I got married in '85, we went back to Southern California, then we came back up again. Okay. And、um, in 19, in the late '80s, well, when I was in Southern California, I had the privilege of working as a field staff, field representative, for a state senator by the name of Marian Bergeson, and she was amazing. One, just a class act of a lady. She was. It was really a privilege to work for her. I learned a lot. So, and then、uh, my husband was hired to、uh, run some campaigns and do some work in the state legislature. So we moved up to Northern California. So you were both in the whole in the politics world. Yes. Okay.、Yeah. In fact, all the things you both Republicans. Both Republicans. Yeah. So you didn't、um, have the Mary Madeline, <laughs> James Carville. Yeah. yeah. No. No.、Um, but、um, it, it. But all those, you know, every parent. Worst nightmare, I guess, in terms of relationships, is to, you know, you don't want to date inside your industry, you don't necessarily want to have an office romance, and you don't want to date your boss. Well, I did all three, and we've been married for 37 years,、right. so, I'll, so ta- I'll take it. Yeah, worked for us. So you moved in Rancho. What year was that?、Um, well, I we read li- 96. Is that around then?、Um, we lived in Natomas for a little while, and then we moved to Gold River. Um, and I lived in Gold River for 25 years. Okay. So, at which borders same zip code yeah, yeah. as Rancho Cordova.、Right. So, that's、okay. close. And then we just recently moved up to El Dorado Hills. So now back to the Chamber of Commerce that you、uh-huh. oversee, and you oversee very well. I've known you for a while now. Thank you. 2020 and 2021 was very challenging year for everybody, and especially for businesses, and more so small businesses. Overnight, business stopped. Customers went away to the lockdown, but the rents and expenses. Stayed with the businesses.、Mm-hmm. What challenges did that bring to you and to the chamber as far as your members? A lot of challenges,、yeah, um, as can you can you can only imagine.、Um, well, I was here. You so, were here. Yeah. And I think the most important thing is we very quickly realized that we had an opportunity and a responsibility to be that voice for business in terms of making sure. 
I mean, the, so many small business people were just struggling to keep their doors open. They didn't know what grants might be available, what capital might be available, what tools and resources might be available to them. They didn't know, um, you know, how to work with local government in terms of so, for example, we um, we were able to suspend the fees on business licenses for a while. You know, small things, but things like that that helped. So we took it as our responsibility to make sure we did everything we could and use every resource at our disposal to make sure that our small business community was getting that information. It didn't make any difference whether they were chamber members or not because that that was far not the most important right. thing at the time. And I read that you helped businesses navigate the complex grant applications yes. and the COVID prevention mandates. Oh, yes. <laughs> which I remember when we were here, we had just opened, so we didn't qualify for a lot. Right. But the forms were overwhelming. So you, you helped businesses navigate through all that? We did. And yeah. we helped. We It was a lot of facilitating, making sure that we provided access to people who really had the the depth and the breadth of knowledge about those things. So it might be, I literally saw um, bankers, community bankers, sitting down with small business people, helping them enter the data into the computer to be able to help them qualify for whatever it is they were applying for. The community came together. The bankers helped employ, you know, uh, helped uh, new business, small businesses, um, larger businesses, collaborated with small business. You saw things like, um, if you were in a, say you're in a small mall area and there are two or three restaurants, those restaurants got together and started making purchases um, as a unit or as a group to to bring their costs down. So that kind of collaboration came out of that as well. But putting people in touch with that information was critical. And did businesses come to you for help? Yes. Yeah. Yes. And... Um the government stepped up to the plate, right? I mean, they made a lot of money available. Yes, they did. Yeah. Um, the federal monies, uh, state monies, and then uh, Rancho itself as a city is a very generous community. Yeah. And so we were able to get some grant funds. We did very small grants that we helped facilitate. Um, and having it come through an entity like the chamber made it not quite as cumbersome because certainly government has many requirements that they have to complete. But when they were able to use a vehicle like a chamber, we didn't have quite the the complex paperwork, if you will. And that made a difference. So we got grants um, from 500 to um, $1,000. And then the next series of grants were right around the five to $10,000. Yeah. And that helped? I think so. Yeah. Well, and we got back wonderful stories. Yeah. We got back um, people were able to um, keep their employees on for a little bit longer, or they were able to pay for um, online training while people were at home so that their employees could stay current or maybe get a new certificate. We had um, grants cover things like point-of-sale information that for small businesses that weren't using um, you know, the, the kind of software that was available to them. Um, we had people use it for... Um, marketing and painting the outside of their building so that people could see it, you know, updating their signage, simple things like that, but where $500,000 could really make a difference. Right. Yeah. And have, have businesses recovered from the pandemic today? Here we are, the end of 2022. Yes. I guess March 23 will be three years since yes. the lockdown. Have businesses recovered or are some still feeling the effects, do you think? I think it runs the gamut. Yeah. There are definitely businesses that went out of business yeah. and sadly way too many yeah um there are some that were able to thrive um and some and we're seeing some new businesses come out of the come out of the ashes it's like a phoenix i guess right coming out of the ashes so it does run the gamut and um we go back um 
we made the decision at the chamber to forgive um, some of the dues during those times because when you're trying to make a decision how to spend your next $500, we didn't want it to be on the chamber. We wanted it to be on something that would keep them in business because those are the folks that come back. Right. So... So switching gears a little, as president mm -hmm. and CEO of the chamber, you're responsible for overseeing the operations and the program management of the chamber. Yes. And you personally are integral to the organizing the many events that you put on every year. Yes. So why don't you tell us a little bit about some of the larger events, maybe even the smaller ones that you organize, just for people so they know, sure. business people, so they know what kind of events do you as the chamber put on and that you're responsible for? Well, we do four or five major events each year, and they all are very, very different and right. have a very specific purpose. My personal favorite is the one that we call the Business Outlook Economic Forecast because, to me, it's what chambers should be doing for so their business That's actually community. my next question oh. was, <laughs> what is the Business Outlook and Economic Forecast? Well, we do that at the beginning of the year, right. and we usually bring in um, an economist of some sorts. We try not to have the same speaker over and over again. Right. We try to have somebody who's, you know— but And they come in and talk about um, the health, if you will, and strength of the local economy, regional, national So this economy. is a large event? It's a very large event. It's our largest um, sit-down formal event that we have. Um, we get probably upwards of 200 in the on the ballroom at the Marriott. So wow, it's, it's a great okay. – it's a breakfast. Yeah. And then um, – so we have an economist come. And then we usually – we bring in a storyteller um, who can talk about the impact of business in the community. So, for example, last year we had a gentleman who's a reporter with NPR's um, Market Watch. Oh. And that was great because he had the background in economics and the, in the, the economy and what was going around, but he also was a storyteller. And then we, the other parts that we do is we hear from the city and what their plans are. The chamber um, mm -hmm. does a series of indexes every year. We have five different indexes that we do, and then we report out on the health of those indexes as they are, as they impact the community. So it's like transit occupancy tax, um, business uh, uh, business permits, building permits, um, uh, real estate, uh, unemployment, things like that to sort of give you a snapshot on the health of our community. Okay. So we report out on that. So what are some of the other events? I know, for instance, you have a, a large golf event, right? We did. We just yeah. finished our large yeah. golf event. Um, really excited that next year is going to be our 25th. Right. Um, so it'll coincide with our 60th anniversary, the 25th golf tournament. Um, we've had held it at Mather, and it is, it is an opportunity for um, – Anyone who just enjoys getting out and having an adding, this is not, I was trying to tell you, this is not a stuffy, be right, quiet right. kind of golf so tournament. So if you don't play golf, you just go and hit it. You just and go and cares. have a good yeah. time. I mean, yeah. we have people who bring their clubs out once or twice a year, right. and we're one of them. There's always some fun on almost every hole. We have a bowling ball hole. We have a cannon hole. Oh. We, we've actually had um, a um, uh, animal shelter at one hole one year where they brought out puppies, and people could adopt them, and we were successful. So it's just fun stuff like that. But it's a great way to get out there and, and mix and mingle with everybody. Um, the other event that we do is our business expo. Uh -huh. And that's our opportunity to showcase all kinds of businesses all over the area. Um, it's, it includes both chamber members and non-chamber members. And we'll get upwards of 100 different businesses. And then um, the highest number we've ever had is about 800 people go through. 
And as a result of the pandemic, we actually changed how we do that event. And we've turned it in, well, we've added a job fair to it. So any of the businesses that are hiring, we make sure that they have um, signage on front of their booth so that when people walk through, they can see that, oh, that bank's hiring or that restaurant's hiring. Oh, okay. And it's it's great. You see people walking around with their portfolios in right. their hand, sometimes in suits and ties or dressed up. And then we provide locations for them to go off and do interviews. And um, that's been very successful. So that was in response to the pandemic. Yeah. When I, I was, I went to one mm -hmm. or maybe two, but they were outdoors. Did they used to be indoors before the pandemic? Well, that actually is a great story. Um, the the business, or at least for me personally, the business expo is what actually brought me to Rancho Cordova. Um, I used to work at the Folsom Chamber, and we used to put on expos. And then when I left there, I was contacted by the current, uh, the executive director at the time, and they hired me on a contract to put together and build a business expo for Rancho. And if you've been there in those American River rooms. That's we filled those small that small area with about thirty some odd booths. Wow. Um, and that was in 2011. Mm -hmm. And um, with the exception of, of 2020, because we did hold it in 2021, we've had, and it's gotten so large that we moved out into the back parking lot. And now we can take over the complete north parking lot of City Hall, and it's all outdoors. Yeah. And we found that that's actually better. People can see it. It's yeah. easier to walk around booths of the same size. And it's all that bigger? Kind of stuff. Outdoors must be bigger, yes. right? Yeah. 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 And then you hold a, a whole series of lunches and breakfasts. We do. Yeah. Um, we recognize networking is one of the prime reasons people join chambers. Right. They want We're to make talk those about connections. Networking. Yeah. So those are there are events like networking breakfasts and things like that. Um, the other things we do are like webinars and seminars. Um, now those I didn't know about. Mm -hmm. You hold those. We do. Um, what. Well, I guess one of the ways to think about a chamber is a facilitator. We're not an expert in a lot of different things, but what we are good at is bringing people together and making those connections. So you like know, matchmaker. We're a matchmaker. I like that. I'll, yeah. I'll use that matchmaker. Um, so if somebody or people like are a asking, business dating agency. <laughs> yeah, I guess yeah. you're right. You're right. Um, and but that matchmaking, if you will, um, when we hear from our members that they want to know more about, let's just pick one like social media. Not too long ago, we had a professional come in and do a seminar on social media. He was the expert. We brought it together, made it happen, but we, we didn't need to teach the class. We needed somebody who's a professional to teach the class. We've done it on capital. How do you identify capital? We've done it on how to do, build a business plan. All those different kinds of things, or what's the difference between an um, independent contractor and you know forming yourself as a, a, a incorporation, right. those kinds of things. We let the people who are the experts, okay. but we send that information out. And do you and get, get good response to those? We do. Yeah. It depends on the topic. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's it's very interesting to see yeah. how people react to different topics. Um, and we've done them um, both online. The, the pandemic has made Zoom a lot more right. acceptable and comfortable. Right. Um, so we're able to do that, expand our reach. Okay. Um, so I was mentioning the economic forecast. During the pandemic, we were able to, through some of the great equipment like you have here, um, bring in someone from the U.S. Chamber of Commerce who was their chief policy person to speak to our members. And it was very well received and people loved it. We sat in a room not unlike this one, and um, they set it all up. And we did. They were in their TV studio in Washington D.C. We were one at the Marriott, and it went beautifully because wow. that's. I like. I work hard to see to try and 
I'm, I try to be a really positive person. Yeah. I want the glass to be half right. full. So I do see that there's some some really good things that did come out of the pandemic. Certainly, we don't want it to have happened. No. There's some horrible things. But there are some good things in the sense that people now collaborate more. They're cooperative with each other. They're not threatened by territory nearly as much. Right. Um, right. So I think there's some good things. So is the pandemic still a fear? I mean, every time you turn on the television, it's coming back, right? It's yeah. all, well, every day it's coming back. Is that still a fear that it's we're going to get another big outbreak? and Or do you think we figured out now and if there is an outbreak, everything isn't going to shut down? I, I'm hoping it's the latter. Um, I'm hoping that we've figured this out. Um, we still, we just had somebody in our office be exposed um, a couple of weeks ago and had to be out. You know, there's yeah. still protocols and they're appropriate. I, I'm actually hoping people who have the flu and other things see the benefit of those right. protocols. Right. Um, I'll tell you that um, early next week, I'm going to be on a call with the U.S. Chamber who's going to talk about that very thing. There is concern that there's going to be a surge of a new variant in the winter. How do we do that? How do we do it differently? How do we make it successful as very best as we can while still being respectful of the, the right. disease that it is? And I think um, we just need to be prepared and be flexible. And yeah. I know the word pivot's been used a million times, but we do have to pivot. We right. do have to be flexible. Yeah. And I, I'm proud of the fact that our chamber can do that. Yeah. You also oversee and put on the Best in Business Awards. What is that? Um, we do, that's sort of our annual appreciation for the business community. Um, it's been on hold for a couple of years, but we identify a business. We don't do best of, um, program like best pizza parlor or best, you know, nail salon or anything. We, I, I always want to have, um, people be recognized for what they do as an individual contribution. And so we, we recognize people, uh, our businesses by their size. So it's micro, small, medium, and large businesses. So they can apply. And it's about what they've done for their community, uh, the impact that they've had, the kind of company that they run. And then those nominations go to a committee, and they evaluate them, and they select a winner. Okay. So we do that. Um, we also do a chairman's award, which is the one that, you know, somebody who's done really something special and unique. We also recognize our ambassador of the year. We couldn't do our program, any of our chamber stuff, without our ambassadors, which is our volunteer corps. And then we do, um, we have a, a hall of fame, if you will, um, we, where we've recognized people who are even retired or business. Uh, we recognized Aerojet not too long ago for their contribution to the community. You know, at one point there was 26,000 people that worked at right. Aerojet. Yeah. So, and the impact they've had. And amongst many things, and, and researching this show, I've realized, <laughs> I thought, whoa, how does she do all this stuff? Because it's, every time I looked somewhere, you were doing something else. And that doesn't even include all the boards that you're on, right? You're on several boards. I'm on I'm on the Visit Rancho Cordova yeah. or, or Rancho Cordova Travel and Tourism right. Board. Um, but we have a wonderful team. We yeah. have, uh, there are six of us. Yeah. Um, this year we've been fortunate. Last two years, SMUD has um, provided an employee um, for us, which has been terrific. We've been able to do some of the things we never get when to. When you say provide, they pay for it. Right. Yeah. Right. And they, if, if I had the funds and the resources that they're both of the people we've had, I would hire them on, in a heartbeat. They've right. been extraordinarily high caliber individuals right. and made big contributions yeah. um, to our projects. Well, one of the things I say, you serve as the executive director of the Chamber Foundation. Yes. And in that capacity, you facilitate the leadership Rancho Cordova program. Correct. So tell us about that. What is it and how did that come about? Um, well, the leadership program started, I believe it was in 2006, and I came to the Chamber in 2011. 
Um, and it is a, and I'm glad you're giving me the opportunity to explain this because um, it is a community leader development program. It's not a program where I'm going to go out and negotiate the best you know, contract leadership. It's not I'm going to, you know, lead folks into battle kind of leadership. It is here are the tools and resources. Here's how Rancho Cordova works and that we want to give as many people, we want to expose as many people to all these different tools and resources so that they can go out into our community and just be better prepared to support whether it's a, a little league team or it's a, a VBS at a local church or a um, they want to start an art program. They want to sit on the planning commission. So it's a nine-month program. We begin it with a retreat. Usually we go outside, off-site. Um, and the classes run between 18 and 25. And who, can, who, can, who are the... The participants? Yeah. Um, they apply. And oh, okay. it, you, you have to have a connection with Rancho. Okay. You can either live there or work there, okay. have clients there, some sort of connection with the city itself. And, um, and we try to make sure that we have a really diverse class in all senses of the word. Um, and we have the retreat. And then there are modules from um, November through June where we expose these folks, these participants. Um, to, well, the net, first one that's coming up is the culture and history of Rancho Cordova in the morning. And then the afternoon is local government. Do you know how our city is structured? Okay. We do one on travel and tourism and parks and recreation. Um, do you know that our Parks and Recreation is a separate entity that's not part of the city? Do you know that our police department is a contract police department? It's not part of the city. They wear our badges, but you'd be surprised. People who have been in the community for 15, 20 years, they come to the class, I had no idea. It, that's the best part for me is when they say, I didn't know that, or I had no idea about that. Wow, that's really helpful for me to know. Mm -hmm. So you take that information and apply it to what other entity you are serving. There are three school districts in Rancho Cordova. A lot of people don't know that element, you know, the, the public school system. Right. We have several colleges in Rancho. Um, we have, we're building 12,000 rooftops in Rancho Cordova. How is that coming about? So if you know and understand these things, right. you're a better leader in your community. Right, right. Okay. And you, did you devise this program? No, um, we've tweaked it. Yeah. And it was it's been started, going for a while. It's been going since 2006. This is our 16th class. Okay. So, and it's definitely very different from the beginning um, to what it is today. But I think that's natural and normal. And I typically, mean, how many participants per class? Per class, between 18 and 25. Wow. Yeah. So, okay. we've graduated over 300 alumni. Wow, yeah. very nice. Yeah. And when you go on the retreats, where do you go? We've last couple of years, we've gone up to Grass Valley. Okay. Yeah. We want to get away. We want to yeah, make sure yeah, people of course. Don't, don't get distracted by things. Right. Every year, the California state legislator honors women from their districts for various contributions to their local communities. And in September, I was very happy to hear that Ken Cooley presented a resolution at a city council meeting honoring you, Diane Rogers, as Woman of the Year 2022. Yes. Which is a great honor and a very well-deserved one, if I may say so. So Thank you. tell us about that. How how did you find out? Tell me how that process works. Um, oh, gosh. So you're sitting at home one day having a cup of coffee, <laughs> and Ken Cooley calls you and says, congratulations, you're the woman of the year 2022. But, uh, 
that's not too far yeah. from the way it really does happen. I mean, I've been aware of that. I, right. I worked in the legislature, and and I know some friends, you know, Shelley with the community council and others have been the recipients of the same honor. So it's very um, humbling it's very to be grand. woman of the uh, year, twenty twenty two. I mean, well, it's it's very humbling, yeah. and um, it's not something you do on your own, and it's something that is. Um, I mean. I love the fact that, I mean, our office right now is all women, and that's not by design, but it's the way it is right now, yeah. and to have these- hey, nothing wrong with that. These yeah. six enormously qualified and yeah. competent women out there. So um, the award is actually done in March, but the pandemic, um, it was sort of a comedy of errors by no one's fault. I know that several times the assemblyman and his wife tried to get to to dinner with my husband and I, and then one of us would either get exposed or be something. Or, I mean, it's we they tried to do the celebration. So it was it was an honor to have it done before the city council, um, which is a little different than it normally is usually done at the Capitol, and they have a big luncheon and things. But it made it really special to be able yeah. to do it in front of our own city council. No, I think it's very so, nice. I was yeah. very happy when I read that. So we're talking with Diane Rogers, Executive Director and President of the Rancho Cordova Chamber of Commerce. And when we come back from a quick break, we'll ask Diane what the future holds for businesses in the city and for business in general. But first, let's take a quick break. If I was to ask which of the following book publishing formats has the highest year-over-year growth in the last three years audiobooks, paperback books, or ebooks, what would you say? If you chose audiobooks, you're absolutely correct. Unless you've been living in a cave for the last few years, you have experienced the advent of audio. Think about it. We listen to podcasts in our cars and at the gym. Portable, high-quality Bluetooth speakers are abundant, and everyone is listening to audiobooks. As a matter of fact, almost half of all Americans listened to an audiobook last year, and the audiobook market is worth nearly $3.5 billion. If you're an author and you've wondered or thought about producing an audiobook for a book you have written and published, here at the California Capitol Film Office, we can make that happen. With a newly developed sound booth and experienced sound engineers, we can help you develop your book into audio. So give us a call and let us help you bring your written book to life. For a quote or a consultation, call us at 916-706-2000. That's 916-706-2000. And now, back to the show. So we're back with Diane Rogers from the Rancho Cordova Chamber of Commerce. So, Diane, prior to joining the Rancho Chamber, you worked with the Folsom Chamber, where you directed their Government Affairs Program, which sounds very grand when you <laughs> read it. What is a Government Affairs Program with the Chamber of Commerce? Um, first, let me tell you, um, your listeners that chambers are not chapters of an organization. They are independent units. They're not, they may belong to the Cal Chamber or the U.S. Chamber, but they're independent. So they all have their own independent board of directors, their own bylaws. And the reason I tell you that is what our chamber does could be very different from the next chamber, could be very different from the Folsom Chamber. It's just how that body chooses to. And actually, to that's something up. I'm going to ask you oh. shortly is, yeah. you know, how, how the chamber organization works. 
works. Right. But, but carry on. And, yeah. and the reason I bring that up is that um, some chambers are very active in advocacy and government relations, and some choose to stay away from it. Oh, and that's okay. up to their own right, board. Right, right, right. Um, as obviously we talked earlier on, my background is in the political arena. At one point, I was actually a consultant and ran races and helped get people elected to office for like board of supervisors, school board, things like that. Um, I only fired one candidate, um, just so you know. And that was a judge, by interesting. Wow. Um, was, <laughs> judge or fired. <laughs> <laughs> well, they didn't want to listen to doing it, the doing campaigns the way right. I wanted them to. Anyway, side note. Um, so uh, a, Rancho Cordova itself has over 33 elected representatives that serve our area. I mean, that's 33 people who have been um, elected by the populace, people, by yeah. the people, to serve in a variety of capacities. It, right. And that, that could go- be from parks to yes. water district, school district, et cetera. All right? of those things all the way up right. to Congress. And um, I'm not counting, like, president and, no, you no, know, no, the no. U.S. Senate. No, that I understand. Kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and... California legislature is pretty good at coming up with some bills that are pretty bad for business. And the business community, they're out running their businesses. They're doing what needs to be done day to day. So it's really important, and I really can't emphasize this enough, to make sure that that voice of business is being heard at the the state and local level. And we take on that responsibility. So having a government relations committee or government affairs committee, which is what I did in Folsom, and then we brought it over to um, to Rancho, we have a committee of um, chamber members, and we look at legislation, we look at initiatives, and through, and I want to be really clear, through the exclusive lens of business, um, certainly there are a lot of issues that are important in our community and affect so many people, but our responsibility is to stay in that silo of business. So when we look at bills and things like that, you know, there's some things on um, this uh, uh, ballot coming up in November. I mean, Proposition 1 is on abortion. We didn't go get involved in that. That's not a business issue. Certainly very important, very critical, but not a business issue. Um, So this committee, and it's the only committee we have that is appointed by our chair because we want people on that committee who have the capacity to look at legislation or initiatives in a broader capacity, not just in their own business, but for how does it affect the business community as a whole. And then also, I'll be honest with you, we don't want um, a meeting to get loaded up with folks who only care about one issue. They come in and they vote and they leave. So that's why we're careful about it. Um, So in the structure we have now, we have um, committee members who are appointed. Many of them are, are board members, but they have expressed a strong interest. And then um, half of our meeting is dedicated to hearing reports from our elected officials. Congressman Barra always sends someone. Our county supervisors send some. We hear from the city. SMUD doesn't make any So these are spoken reports. Um, spoken reports. They're in person. Well, they yeah, were in person. You don't have no. to read a report. Right. It, someone is right. speaking. Yeah. Right. And we get great feedback yeah. from that because the elected representatives say we are in touch exactly. face-to-face from with From the these horse's folks. mouth. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And, and that committee in, in Rancho also hosts our elected officials reception we do every year, which is not a political event. That is not, yes, we're involved in politics, but that event is to bring our business community and our business leaders in a cocktail format, if you will, um, to simply get to know each other and talk. The, there are three important things. There's no speeches because no one wants to hear from 20 elected officials. Um, there are no candidates. So these are not people running for office. They may be running for re-election, but not for 
you know, it's not, um, it's not somebody who's running for a different office that time. And then the last part is there's no media. And um, we always have to tell a few folks, sorry, this is it. And so it has this great atmosphere. We just did ours in August um, over at the Marriott. There were probably 180 people in the room, maybe. And they just talked. They talked about transportation. They talked about, um, you know, rules around the pandemic. They talked about um, how do we get more capital, infrastructure, some things that probably aren't exciting for very many people, but, you know, roads and bridges and and sewer pipes and things are critical. And to build that relationship and have that conversation, I think, is really powerful. And do results come from this? It's not just all talk, right? They, no. It's implemented? It, it's through the relationships. Yeah. Um, and it's so you're seeing people face to face, which, you know, is very powerful. I mean, you and I are doing this podcast, but we're doing it in person and right. I get to, to right. interact with you. And I love that part. Um, and it's building those relationships. And then I think for our elected officials, it's putting a face on the people that it's being impact that are being impacted. Um, I have great faith in our business community. I believe that they do things for the right reason. I believe that their motives. You know, being prosperous is not a bad thing. We want people to be prosperous and successful because as a friend of mine says, nothing happens until somebody buys something. Right. There is no money for nonprofits. There is no tax dollars. There are no tax dollars. There are no people living in homes until someone buys something. And, you know, if that exchange doesn't take place, nothing else takes place. So to keep that in mind and see the faces of the people yeah, that are involved in that. that's very interesting. So that is part of your duties mm -hmm. as you're constantly, you must be thinking this throughout the whole year, all these different economic summits and yeah. that you put on. You must be thinking that through, <laughs> through the whole year. my tells me to turn off my phone, but yeah. yes. <laughs> wow, okay. So, I love it. I absolutely love yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. This so, is my favorite job. Yeah, no, I, job I, I, and it, I can tell that too, yeah. having known you as I have. Yeah. Um, so a member of the Chamber of Commerce who wants to be on one of these committees, how does that happen? Are they chosen? Do they say, hey, I want to be on the so-and-so committee? How do you bring the people into these committees? Well, it's all of the above. Um, certainly, I'll have people at networking events or things like that that mm -hmm. we host say, hey, I'm interested in this or, or how – what do I do? I'll – let me rephrase it in this standpoint. It usually comes around an issue. I am excited about X or I'm frustrated by Y. And so what can I do about it? And we want to provide that venue, that opportunity to do something about it. And depending on what it is, you know, then we move to the next step. If it's about, you know, a bill from the state capitol, um, we talk about it from that standpoint. If it's um, something that the city's doing um, or how do I get this permit done or whatever it is, that goes back to that facilitating and putting people into the right place with the right, right. people. But, um, for example, ambassadors. Um, we have a wonderful group of ambassadors, and as I mentioned before. So what is an ambassador? They are our volunteer corps. Okay. They are willing to – they believe in the mission of the chamber. Okay. And they are willing to take that to the next level. They are a committee. They have um, officers. They have a monthly meeting. And they're the ones you see at the business expo helping people set up their booths oh, or walking okay. around and giving them water. Okay. Um, they're actually one of our uh, – and I'll encourage all of your listeners to come and participate. We have a holiday craft fair coming up in, in November. Yeah. And they 
we've turned that over to our ambassadors. They are running and managing that whole event. Okay. Um, but it gives them the chance to interact one-on-one with small businesses. And um, they they hold their own fundraisers. They do their own programs. But it's unique to them. And that, they are business people? They are all business people. They're members? They're all, they all have to be chamber yeah. members. Okay. And we actually ask them to wait for a, six months to a year so they can get a sense of what the right. chamber does right, first. Right. But um, – they the unique qual, uh, benefits that they get is we give them I call it a flock they don't like that word but the flock of chamber businesses that are their responsibility they reach out to them they send them emails they meet them at a networking event they sit with them at an event you know they're a friendly face yeah. um, so they have that opportunity to interact with those folks on a much deeper level and they get to know um, and then they get to interact with them you know at different events and things as well okay um. Folsom, we, this all spurred from you yeah, being sorry. at Folsom. <laughs> Folsom is sort of a um, a parallel city, I think, to Rancho Cordova in size, mm-hmm. in demographic. How do the two chambers compare? Is theirs bigger than ours? Are they the same size? Are they different? Do they like how? What is the difference between the two cities? That is a really good question, and it gives me the opportunity to explain how chambers are not the same from right. community to community. Um, the Folsom Chamber, who's overseen by a gentleman named uh, Joe Galliardi, who I absolutely adore and worked for, and by us having worked together, we have a great relationship. Their structure is that their um, visit Folsom or their travel and tourism and their economic development entities are all under one umbrella. Right. So they have the chamber, visit Folsom, yeah. and economic development under all under right. one umbrella. Um, the, so he, oh, Joe, see, oh, I know Joe. He yeah. oversees all of them? Yes, he does. He does. He does. So he's you, Mark Zaposnik, and, and And it's sort of a Shelley, sort so of. He's all, yeah. all in he's one. He's all those. And then um, I don't know if Folsom now has its own economic development department, but, you know, Amanda Norton yeah, and yeah. Micah and those yeah, guys, yeah. Um, they oversee, they work with that. Wow, okay. Um, so it's a different structure, uh, much larger staff, yeah. um, and, a, and a bigger uh, budget. Um, they do. The one other thing that they do is very large events. And in our community, you know, Shelley at the Community Council does an extraordinarily wonderful job of large events. She does. And honestly, I'm very glad that I don't have to right. do that in addition to that. Yeah. Um, for example, they put on a rodeo. Um, and that rodeo has been going on, gosh, I don't even know, over 50 years, wow. I think. How many people do they have? Uh, staff wise? Yeah. Um, I'm going to say it's probably pushing a dozen or so. Wow. Um, but everybody, you know, it, it's one of those things. It's great because when an event comes up, everybody helps everybody. Yeah, yeah. Everybody, it's a cross pollination. No, I've will. been to visit them. Yeah. I know Joe quite yeah. well. Yeah, he, he's a good guy, yeah. and um, um, he, they've done some wonderful things yeah. in that community. So from that standpoint, so it's very different. It is very different because yeah. we're an independent entity. Right. You know, at one point, as you well know, with Mark uh, at Visit Rancho and Shelley and I, we all share the same office. Um, they've visit Rancho has gotten bigger, so they now have their own offices, which is terrific. Um, but it, it created a camaraderie to well, we all. I guess the best way to say it is we're all in our our proper lane. Sometimes those lanes merge, like State of the City that was coming up. Um, but we all know our role and our responsibility, and we work very well side by side. Right. And uh, I guess I like that analogy. It's side by side, peer to peer. The roads are parallel, and when they need to converge, they do. Um, and it's never been anything but positive. Yeah. I mean, we've all grown from it. So it's very different. Everybody's mm-hmm. different. Yeah. Yeah. 
So prior to all this, you ran your own company for 20 years, The Rogers Group. Yes. And I love that name, The Rogers Group. <laughs> Sounds so grand. And 20 years is a long time. What, what, what was that? Tell us, what was The Rogers Group? Um, it started out as a political consulting firm. All those those evil people that run and you know um, help run campaigns and write mail and put up signs and all that good stuff. I had a lot of training in that. I was very fortunate to get some fantastic training in that. And it allowed me the opportunity. I had my son in 1993, the, um, and it it was perfect for me. I was able to have some clients work out of the home. It, mostly, what people did during the pandemic. I'm really proud of the fact that I was doing it, yeah. in you know the late 90s, if right. you will. One of the uh, most significant clients I had was a group called Citizens Against um, Lawsuit Abuse. Yeah. I read that, yeah. And we worked very, very hard. California is a very litigious state, yeah. and it always has been. Well, and America. And yeah, America too. There's yeah. there's some rules that there's some coming from England. Yes, yes. lawsuits here. Everybody. Yeah. The first thing I'm going to sue you. Exactly. Yeah. And well, if we could make that part not right. part of our vernacular. Right. That'd be great. Um, but it's so easy to sue, and it's so um, you know just make the threat and people back yeah. away because the state, in particular, California is one of the worst states. Right. So we wanted to work very hard to bring that information to light to make sure that people understood. And again, I go back to, I believe most people are good. I believe people want to be kind and successful. And I always say um, for like ADA lawsuits, why would any business in their right mind want to prevent a client or a customer from coming in? That makes no sense. Right. Why would they intentionally try and keep business out? That, right. Like I said, it makes absolutely no right. sense. But there are some funky rules and things. Um, we used to try and do humor, and we gave. I spoke, I think, at every Rotary Club up and down Northern Central California, um, and we had a deck of cards that was was really fun. We had examples of crazy, crazy lawsuits. You know, wow. please don't um, iron your clothes while wearing them. There's a tag that has to go on clothes. Um, one of my favorites is. Um, Superman costume was Halloween costume. Um, does not cape does not allow wearer to fly. The fact that we have to tell right, somebody right. that a Halloween costume doesn't let so you fly. So the Rogers you know. Group was was that your main thing? Mm -hmm. The the not so not frivolous lawsuits, right? Stop frivolous lawsuits. Right. Yeah. They were a client. Um, okay. That so that was that so was your main client. That was the primary client. Yes. Okay. So you've been involved in this whole realm of politics slash business slash. Mm -hmm. Advocacy, yes, yeah, your whole life almost it seems. I I guess you're right. Yeah, um, when you think about it that way, so yeah, yes, wow. I am. Okay, so back to chamber stuff. So, mm -hmm. what advice would you give a new business that's opening or starting here in Rancho Cordova, as far as networking in the city? What is the best way? So, I just come here. I open a business. I come to Diane Rogers. Mm -hmm. I say, hey, I'm going to join the chamber. What do I need to do? What is the best way for me to network? The best way, and a lot of it depends on the type of business that you have. Right. But I'm going to assume that you're looking for clients or something like right. that. We offer a wide range of networking opportunities. Um, we have a networking breakfast. Right. Um, and I'll tell you that that's unique in the sense of that is primarily chamber members. Um, but there's an awful lot of people who work in Rancho Cordova that don't live here, and they leave at 4 or 5 o'clock in the afternoon. So holding evening events is not going to be as successful right. as holding a morning event. We have one of the things I love that we do is our power lunches. We have the Highway 50 corridor power lunches where um, 
chamber members from uh, Folsom, El Dorado County, and El Dorado Hills and Rancho get together once a month, and we rotate. And so you get to have an opportunity so you meet to other, other chambers yeah. in a very – this is not about pushing one chamber or another right. over another. It's about bringing people together who have interests in business and trying to make those connections. I will tell you that from those power lunches, we get more people joining our chamber other than the, the gal who sells chamber membership than anything else we do. How different is a business that has a storefront versus a business that has to solicit customers? So, for example, a restaurant or a retail store mm -hmm. are bringing people into their sure. businesses. And a realtor or an insurance agent, for example, has to go out and solicit that business. Right. Um, is there a difference in the way that the chamber works with these different types of businesses? Or is it generally all the same? It's actually both. Um, the networking events we do are quite often people looking for clients so that we give them that opportunity. So the folks, like you said, financial folks, people in real estate, things like that. We try to hold a lot of our events at local businesses. So that power lunch I was talking about, we don't hold it at the same place every time. We rotate it to a different at restaurant. Or restaurants and stuff. Right. Yeah. So that we can give them that exposure, right. that opportunity. Then that. The needs, remember I was talking about networking, we do advocacy, we do business resources. The networking part is the, the one, the smaller businesses, the folks that are looking for clients, so that's the resources we provide there. Um, on the, the, then with the advocacy part, if you're a little bit bigger business, that's probably something that's much more appealing to you and that you have a greater need for. And then the business tools or resources help those businesses, like you were saying, either whether they're storefront or whether they are looking for clients, making sure that they have the best foundation that they can to be able to go forth and do it. As I've said before, we are not an expert. I am not an expert in restaurants or uh, real estate or financial advisor or uh, we've got a place that makes uh, magic tricks in Rancho. We manufacture for magic tricks. But what we do is create an environment where then people can take the next step on their own and we can help guide them through that process. Okay. Would you advise, and we touched on this a little bit, but would you advise a business to join more than one chamber of commerce? So for example, would a business in Rancho, they may also think I'm going to be a member of Sacramento or mm -hmm. Folsom or Elk Grove or wherever. Do you advise that or do you think people should just stick to one? It goes back to what kind of business they have. Right. Um, but absolutely, I would never, ever discourage anyone from being a part of more than one chamber. Right. And f first of all, it's, it doesn't doesn't work that way. I no. mean, um, and it's not a territorial kind of thing. If you have clients or you have a storefront or if you have something in that area, you absolutely should join that local Others, chamber. Yeah. Um, we also have um, ethnic chambers. We have the right. black chamber, Hispanic chamber, say. Slavic chamber. Right. And if that is something in a client base or your right. own um, yeah. background, you should absolutely be a part of right. those because they do things a little bit differently. Every, yeah. As we mentioned before, every chamber does it a little bit differently. And you've got to go and try them out and find out where, where are you most comfortable, right. what serves your needs. Right. We're making an investment in each other. Um, I'm investing, the chamber is investing in you as a business, and you're investing in us. And it should be a good marriage. Yeah. So in as a follow-up question to that, as the Rancho Cordova chamber president, mm -hmm. do you meet with other chamber leaders in surrounding cities, for example, Sacramento, Folsom, et cetera? Mm -hmm. Do you guys get together 
as a group to discuss um, the economic impact of the region, for example? We did a lot during the pandemic, a lot of that conversation because it was you needed the camaraderie, you needed the, oh my goodness, is this happening to you kind of um, conversations and the fact that you weren't alone out there. And out of that came a lot more sharing of tools and resources and things like that. So I think that's one of the good but things. But that was at the pandemic. That was at the pandemic. But before the pandemic, is that a thing or not really? Not in a formal sense. No. Now, most of us belong to an association called the Western Association of Chamber Executives, where we get together once a year, and it's chamber execs from all over the Western United States, and we share best practices and do all kinds of things around that. That's a great – I really enjoy going to that conference. Um, but it, I think it's more casual than that. Um, I'd say two or three times a year I get – I have lunch with my colleagues along the Sunrise Corridor, Fair Oaks, Citrus Heights, Carmichael, Orangevale. We get together. Um, my colleagues on the Sunrise Corridor, we all talk to each other all the time. Um, and every one of us can pick up the phone and say, hey, Joe, how have you handled this? Right. Or, you know, Debbie or Laurel up in El Dorado County. And you all Hills, know each other. We all know each yeah. other. And um, and I've been to retirement events for my colleagues and peers at other event, you know, right. other chambers. I'll give you an example. The um, uh, Roseville Chamber came to myself and the gal who's the um, uh, executive director, CEO of Eldorado County Chamber. And together, the three of us applied for a grant through Los Rios Community College to do workforce development. And we were successful in getting the grant. So now you have a great example of three chambers in completely different areas, serving completely different constituencies, working together to help and support the business community. So you got a grant that you shared or you mm -hmm. each got it? It's one share. we're sharing it. Oh, well, yeah, very we nice. just we just found out about uh, so about a month ago. Third um, each. Well, uh, fairness to Roseville, they did all the, the legwork right. on so it, they um, and wow. they're actually going to hire. There's a lot more detail your yeah. listeners probably want, but they're going to hire somebody to do it. But we have to do it in all those oh, jurisdictions. Okay. okay. So, um, but it's a great example of let's work together. And my accounting people don't like it, but I say two plus two equals five. So. Right. So as we almost get to the end of the show, I have just a couple more questions. Sure. I know that the Chamber of Commerce as an organization is broken down into city chambers, Rancho Cordova City. Then there is the State Chamber of Commerce, mm -hmm. if I'm correct. And then there's the National Chamber of Commerce, the like the for the country, right? Right, U.S. Yeah. Chamber. Yeah. yeah. So two questions. Can you describe the difference between them? Mm -hmm. So what are the differences between all three? And then do you, as the CEO and president of the local chamber, become actively involved with, for example, the state or even the national, the U.S. Chamber of Commerce? Let me give you a little bit different way of looking at it. Yeah. So every chamber of commerce at any level is an independent entity. Right. They have their own bylaws, their own board of directors. So you're not governed own, by anybody. They're not. They're governed okay. by a board of directors. Okay. And all of our board of directors are completely separate. So the state separate. doesn't oversee. No. The okay. state doesn't oversee and okay. the U.S. Chamber doesn't oversee the so state. So that's what I mean. What yeah. is the difference between the three? So what does the state chamber of commerce do? In California, yeah. the state chamber of commerce is primarily involved in lobbying and advocacy. They have very high, quali very well-qualified lobbyists who, you know, they have people that are dedicated to regulation, people who are dedicated to environmental issues or whatever it may be. And they work very hard and track legislation and, and monitor that. We're on many of the California, the I'll call them um, geographically based chambers and, and ethnic chambers and, and 
there are other chambers too. Um, there are, for example, there are um, there may be some faith-based chambers, things like that. Whatever brings people together. Um, but we're on a call during the um, legislative cycle where they're giving us information about what's happening um, on a bill, what's happening thing, and then we may in turn help them. You know, is there a business in your area that's going to be impacted? Can we talk to them and that sort of thing? So we have that exchange. Um, The U.S. Chamber is um, does a lot of really cool programs. They have a foundation. They have a lot of training, a lot of education, things like that. Um, But they by themselves are a separate entity. Um, So it's not all the state chambers do not belong to the U.S. Chamber. So they may choose to join them but they it isn't a hierarchy right. if you will okay so. so you don't really have involvement other than read whatever they push out maybe right it's it's by choice yeah. it's the whatever if we have a uh, one of the things the cal chamber does we affectionately call them the cal chamber is they have a um, human resources department it's really hard for chambers to have their own local chambers to have their own hr so we have the ability as our okay. as a member yeah. to use just like local the, our business members can use us as a resource right. we then can right. use other folks as a resource okay. um, what are some of the current trends in business you've seen in businesses open and closed small or large in rancho cordova over the past couple of years any highlights Yes, in the standpoint that um, we are we are growing so rapidly that it's been a joy to watch all the different types of businesses people come and want to get started. Um, Like I said, there's a a company that does um, builds uh, magic tricks. There's a lot of light manufacturing in Rancho. You can go back behind some of these warehouses, and there's hundreds and hundreds. No, I see them here. Yeah, you you see them here um, that do all kinds of amazing things. And... um, I want to do some better work at showcasing those. I mean, there's, there's some really cool and neat things that go on. Um, and that with the fact that we're going to be building 12,000 rooftops here in Rancho, that's going to attract a whole different kind of right. um, set of businesses. And there's room for business to grow? Absolutely. Yeah. We're not confined. And unfortunately, a, com- a city like Citrus Heights is geographically confined. Right. We can go south and for a long time. Yeah. Um, so that that growth is is um, going to happen and be very very well supported, yeah. I think. Okay. And finally, what is the state of business in Rancho Cordova today? What is the forecast? There is so much talk of a recession. Mm-hmm. So, what is the state of business in uh, from your point of view? And what is the forecast? Again, from your point of view, of course. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, part of me wants to wait till we do the survey and find yeah. out what they all say. But the other part, I. There might be a recession, and I th- what I have learned is those kinds of very broad statements are very difficult to work with mm-hmm. because I'm talking to people on a very individual basis. So when there is a recession, there are certain businesses and industries that will be hit much harder than others. Um, during the recession or during the pandemic, you saw the service industry, hotels, right. things like that, restaurants, very dramatically yeah. uh, impacted. Small manufacturing wasn't impacted right. quite to the same. Construction wasn't impacted right. because it was considered essential. Right. Um, so in sense of having a recession, we're so far behind on what needs to be built in terms of, of family homes, I don't think that's going to no. change. But if you're asking about whether people are going to spend money going to a local restaurant. Or theater. Um, or theater. Yeah. Or theater, even <laughs> better. Um 
I think they're going to probably look at that a little right. bit more judiciously. They'll think so, about that twice. Yeah. So I don't think I'm answering your question, but I think, I think from it's my an standpoint, it's different. Question, really. it, yeah. it is almost yeah. an impossible. Yeah. It's um, you want to be. Um, that was my what, test question to yeah. see how good of a politician you are. <laughs> So. Well, thank you, Diane, for joining yes. us here today on the Rancho Cordova podcast. It's certainly been a very interesting journey in learning more about you thank and you. the chamber. Now, we always end our podcasts in a fine, fun, lighthearted way with a lightning round of questions. Okay. So I'm going to ask you them. All right. So what is one word that best describes you? Renaissance. Renaissance. Okay. That one we haven't heard before. <laughs> if you can be one person for a day besides yourself, who would that be and why? Um, living? Fictional? Does it make um, any difference? It just, I don't know. That's a very um, good. Nobody's asked me that either. Um, I would, I'll leave it to you. I would be uh, the goddess Diana. Okay. I just think that she does cool. Goddess of the hunt, goddess of the moon, yeah, yeah. rides a horse, all that kind of good stuff. So, What is your biggest pet peeve? Dishonesty. And do you have any hidden talents? I have a black belt in karate. You do? And I actually have a first degree black belt in karate. So don't mess with um. Diane. <laughs> <laughs> um I also hear you're an avid soccer fan. I love soccer. Football, so soccer yes. like British soccer, or so do you have the a, one the world plays, not just this. So the yeah. One the so do States you have plays. a British favorite British team? I do. I'm a big Arsenal fan. Arsenal. Yes. Okay. Yeah, Absolutely. I know Arsenal, North London. I lived in England, obviously. Yeah. Mine would have been Chelsea because I was in South London. Yeah. That well, was a big what, rivalry. Five Chelsea, or six Arsenal. teams in London or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Had the privilege of taking. 14 14 year old boys to a tournament in Scotland and we went all through London and things for soccer it was wonderful wow you yeah. went to different matches uh-huh you did we played in a tournament in Scotland we actually won the tournament wow That's what about it. European um I've been to real Madrid of course uh um probably some more of the German teams yeah. um I'm I'm my family's Dutch so yeah. for the Netherlands, if you ask me a, a country favorite, if we were doing World Cup other b- besides the United States, I would probably want to be a fan of the right. Netherlands. At one point, I was a licensed soccer referee coach. And, you were? Uh, I, played at, I played at UC Santa Barbara, too. You did? Yeah. Wow. As a goalkeeper. Do you like so. the American girls' football? They're American good. women? Yeah. Absolutely. Best in the world, right? Best in the world. They kick you know what yeah. every time yeah, they go yeah, out and play. Yeah. I still don't understand why the men aren't as good as the women. So with with a country our size. <laughs> okay, I've been told by our faithful engineer here to ask you about Messio Ronaldo. I don't uh, even know who that is, to uh, be honest. Lionel Messi, who now plays for PSG. Okay. Um, and Cristiano Ronaldo, who plays for Man United. But Cristiano Ronaldo, that he's... So what is it we're asking? Which one? The, which one I think is the best? Oh, player. that was two yeah. different people. Two okay. different people. Okay. Um, and I guess Shows I will go I with know. Messi. Yeah. Followed by Messi. uses his teammates a little bit yeah. better. He's okay. not quite as selfish with the ball as as Ronaldo is. So, but they've built some good things for the yeah. sport. So, what project are you working today that you can't stop thinking about? Professionally? Yeah. Um, I mean, professionally. You know, the police chief was building his kitchen. Oh, wow. 
Um, well, we just moved to a new home yeah. up in El Dorado Hills, and so finishing that out, um, I'm not sure you would call it a project, but I'm a new grandmother. You are. And having a granddaughter, um, which... That's your project. That's... Yeah. Yeah. She's an absolute joy, and my my son's family lives in, in Nebraska, so yeah. it's a it's a project to make it all work and right, right. things like that, so... And finally, a very unfair question, especially <laughs> for you. I say it to everybody, but for you in particular, yes. what is your favorite restaurant in Rancho Cordova? I will answer that by telling you one that unfortunately has closed. Okay, so I'll, very I'll, political I'll, again. Very political, correct, yeah. and that was establishment. Um, we have some amazing restaurants. Yeah. Check out our chamber directory No, website. no, no, listen, <laughs> I, I'm very familiar with the restaurants. Yeah. So which one was it? Establishment. It was called oh, establishment. Well, it was mints, and then it became establishment, and unfortunately didn't make it. So wow, I'm not where sure was that? Where was it? Where mints was? Um, it's. Do you know where KP International Market? Yeah, is? yeah. Um, it's, it's. If you take that's called areas called Olson Island right. over by the post office. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, I know where the yeah. Olson. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Diane, that's about all we have time for. Um, we've been speaking with Diane Rogers, President and CEO of the Rancho Cordova Chamber of Commerce. And of course, let's not forget Woman of the Year 2022. Diane, thank you so much for your time. I know you're very busy these days, and I really enjoyed getting to know you better. Thank you, Charles. And, and I thank you for being a Chamber member. Yeah, and I especially enjoyed getting to know the Chamber a lot better than I did. <laughs> Well, there you have it. Thank you for listening to the Rancho Cordova podcast. And until next time. Well, there you have it. Thank you for listening to the Rancho Cordova podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please follow us and leave us a review and be sure to tell your friends. Also, please visit our website at www.ranchocordovapodcast.org. And if you have any comments or suggestions for future episodes, please send us a message via the website. And until next time, this is your host, Charles Lego.